Yeah, I believe that there's something in all of us that wants to make a difference on the planet, that we don't want our time, our lives to, to kind of miss, you know, making a, making a difference. I was talking to a, talking to a young guy yesterday, he's uh, from Northern Ireland, and um, he was talking about possibly uh, coming out to do an internship at Coast Vineyard next year. So, uh, so that, was, um, that was interesting. It was a fun conversation. Um, he did say he was a Liverpool su football supporter, so, um, but I, I said we'd love him anyway. He could come. Come out, mate. We, you know, we can, we'll still love you. Um, but it was really interesting. He's, he's 19, and um, he's just, uh, he just came to faith uh, just a year ago. And it was just, even that song that we were just singing, um, you know, while I was still your foe, still your love fought for me. And I was listening to his story, and it just really felt like that was, that was his story, how just God had just arranged a whole lot of things. He talks about, he says himself, he says, oh, I was, me and my mates were, were kind of, we're, were a bit, but naughty, really, but we're self-confessed rascal, and uh, and and God's love just pursued him and just organised all these, arranged all these things, and he just he just gave us, he's given himself just completely to following God, and uh, but now he wants to make a difference, he wants to make a difference, and you know, his parents are trying to work out like what he, what's what's happened to our son and <laughs> um, good things, but they're going like, what's, you know, that, but now instead of it just like, oh, go and get a business degree, he's like, maybe it, but it may be that there's other things that I could do that I feel like God's calling me into. And so, so he may come and hang out with us next year, um, but just, um, just wanted to, you know, encounter the love and power of God. And now he's just got this fresh passion for wanting to make a difference in the world. Um, another lady that I heard of uh, recently, uh, who is uh, from Brazil, it's a great place, great part of the world. Uh, but she, uh, there were some vineyard uh, missionaries from the USA that headed out to to Brazil, and uh, and where they were staying, this lady was was working when she was 16 years old, was working there as a as a maid. And uh, this missionary family, they talked to her about about Jesus. And she just said, yes, I want to become a follower of Jesus. And, uh, and, she, and now she's probably in her, in her late 30s. She's pastoring a vineyard church in Brazil. And she's very involved in the, in the national leadership of, uh, of the vineyard out in Brazil as well. And she's getting asked to speak all over the world. And it's like 16-year-old maid encountered the love and power of God. And now she just has just thrown herself into wanting to make a difference. And it's, like, it's not just in, in church leadership and ministry that you can make a difference. I know people that uh, feel deeply called to, to business, that that's their, that's their God-given call. And, and their hope is, because business is hard, you know, but, but their hope is, is that they actually can earn a lot of money because with resource you can make things happen for the kingdom of God. And uh, passionate about that, wanting to make a difference. You know, and as the people of God, when we encounter God's Spirit, there's transformation that comes, and we just encounter the heart of God, and He places His heart into our heart. And, and we just want to be people that see reconciliation and justice and peace and transformation in people's lives and hope. 
We want to we do our part to how can we add a little bit of the goodness of God into my little part of the world. And when we, when we bring that, when we do something and, and our little bit of the world changes, guess what? We're changing the world. We are changing the world. And this morning we're going to talk about being, being world changers. And uh, you know, I think that's why there's so many uh, Christians are in uh, careers like care Careers were like you know, doctors and nurses and occupational therapists and physios and so many of them are in uh, jobs where they're sewing into people's lives like you know, teachers and coaches and uh, mentors and counsellors. And, uh, it's because there's just something in us that as we come to know God and encounter his love that we want to make a difference. So... And if you ever ask that question, like, how can I make a difference? I wonder, I wonder how can I make a difference? Is there, a, is there like a path to take? Is there, is there a journey to go on? Is there a guide to follow? Are there some important steps in becoming someone who makes a difference? And we're, we've started this series uh, called Looking at Life with Luke. So there's uh, a book in the Bible called Luke written on the whole, by a chap called Luke. And it's, it's his account of Jesus' time uh, on earth. And as we go through this, we're just going to be drawing some wisdom and guidance and um, there'll be some challenges along the way. But as we look in Luke and look at Luke chapter 3 and 4, I believe that there's, it's the very start of Jesus's ministry. The bulk of the stories of Jesus's time is all around, you know, his, his words, the things he did, the, uh, which is just going to be so much fun as we, as we get into it. But there's just this kickoff. And I, I really believe that there are things in that that is going to be really helpful for us today as we think about, like, are there some things that help us to step into becoming um, people who play our part to change the world. So, so you with me? We're going to do it? All right, let's just, uh, again, pray. And uh, I know it can seem like it's just we just pray because we're in church and I'm a pastor and that's what pastors do. But can I just encourage you that like, when I pray, pray with me and really open you. I'm going to pray that God would just open us up to what he wants to speak to us and, and plant in us this morning. So I encourage you to join with my prayer. So God, we do we invite you again to, to be at work in us. God, it's, it's one thing to, you know, to hear words flown around, but it's something quite awesome and better to, through that, to feel like, God, you are speaking to us and planting something in his house and in our, in our hearts. And I just pray this morning that for each one of us, there would be something. There'd be something that would land and it would just, just have your breath on it. It would just have life on it and that would lodge in our head or our hearts and, and, and change our lives for good. So we ask that this morning. Just come, God, and speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the verse in uh, Ephesians chapter 2 that Paul the Apostle wrote this. He said, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. So there's things, there's things that are, are for us. And uh, we're meant to play our part to change the world. But I just wanted to look at Jesus' journey into ministry. And I know Jesus was the son of God. And he's, you know, it's, we can't take everything and go like, oh, we just need to do what Jesus did. Um, but there is some things that we can take out of this. And my, 
my expectation is, is that it'll probably just be one thing that will just be so helpful for you this morning. And you'll go like, oh my goodness, this is right where I'm at. This is like, this is for me this morning, okay? So let's, uh, let's get into it. First thing, one of the first things that we read in, uh, in Luke 3 is that Jesus was baptized. Jesus was baptized. Luke 3, 21, 22, when all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was open and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. You know, if we want to partner with God, if we want to, to, to journey into what he's got for us to, to make a difference, we need to be his. We need to be born again. We need to be born of the Spirit, the Scriptures talk to us about. This is about giving ourselves completely to God. I will follow you. I will live your ways. I will yield my will to your will. Not my will, God, but yours be done. And like bat baptism is an outward act of an inward decision. It's when we publicly let another Christian take us into the water. It's all a bit weird, eh? When you go down to the beach and we do these baptisms, all the Christians are going, this is awesome. And everyone else is going, like, that's a little different. That's a little, a little, a little odd. Um, but we let a Christian take us and bring us down underwater and back up again. And all the Christians cheer and everyone looks again and go, that was odd. <laughs> and, um, but it's just symbolic of dying to the old self and being raised into a new life. It's symbolic of, uh, of being washed, of being washed of the things that we want to let go of and, and coming up clean again. It's symbolic of this old life being substituted for a new life. And like baptism's not what determines whether you're a Christian or not. Becoming a Christian is about you know, believing in God, asking for and receiving God's forgiveness and then stepping into this new life, turning from our own, you know, our, running our own life to saying, God, we are now yours. We will follow you. We are yours. But baptism is the symbolic act of your life in God. And I know that many of you have been baptized. And, I, and, and we see here that, that God honors the step of baptism with supernatural activity. And I'll just unpack this a little bit. So with Jesus, you know, when he was baptized, people could see some visible thing. It says like the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove. I don't know, was it a dove or was it in the form of a dove? Or, um, and, and people heard the audible voice of God. Supernatural activity. We read in the scriptures when people got baptized, um, Often there was supernatural activity that, uh, that accompanied this, this step of baptism, um, speaking in, in other tongues. I've, I've known people that when they were baptized, come up instantly delivered from addiction to smoking. It doesn't happen to everyone, but it's happened. Like inland, they're just like, well, that was, that was cool. Never, never had a desire to, to smoke again. Um, and uh, I've heard of people being baptized, and they come up, and everyone's going like, what's that in the water? And you know, it's not what you're thinking. Okay. <laughs> it's like some kind of like inky thing in the water. 
and they've, they have had tattoos that have been tied to a dark past, and the tattoos are just lifted off, and they're just like the inks in the water. Like when they got to heaven, it's like, that. Yeah, um, didn't happen to me. I didn't have a tattoo. Uh, um, but what did happen to me, like f- for me when, when I got baptized, like the Bible came alive. Like the next day, the Bible was like a different book for me. It was like, instead of it being, I used to use it as a, a, a sleep aid. Um, if I was having tr- trouble sleeping, I'd read my Bible at night, gone. You know? But like <laughs> after I got baptized, it was just like alive. And it was just like, it was, I was seeing things I'd never seen, but it was just, you know, from one day to the next. And like, I know that many of you have been baptized, and some of you will have encountered something supernatural when that you could talk about from your baptism. Some of you go like, I don't think anything like that happened to me. I tell you, I can guarantee you that, that God will have done something different in your life through your, your, your baptism. I just know that. You might, you might not know what it is, but I just know that. He just honors our steps forward into, into obedience, and, uh, and he would have given you something. So I just want to ask you this morning, have you... Well, a couple of things, really. Have, have you made a decision to follow Jesus? To, like step into knowing him and, and being his and, and then a life of partnering with him to change the world. And if, if that's something that you've been thinking about, the fact that you're, you're here this morning, I, it feels a little like God is drawing you towards him. And, uh, and the fact that you're here is, is, is part of that journey, that it feels like God has you on, that he's wanting, he's wanting you to be his. He's wanting to pour his love and his forgiveness and, and give you a fresh start into the, and into the fullness of life that he's made you for. And the second question is, is have you been baptized? Have you been baptized? And, you know, and if not, well, how about it? How about, you know, we've got, if you want to know a bit more about it, we've done a little flyer up at the info table and you grab one and find out more about it. And, and, but if you're thinking, actually, I... I have been thinking about that, and, and well, maybe maybe now's the time. And uh, and you know you might want to get your new sheet and fill that little tear off thing and say yes, I want to get baptized. Pop it in the letterbox or get in touch or talk to the person next to you and say like, hey, what do you think? You think I should? And if you're the person next to them, you say yes, <laughs> you should. And um, and just see what blessings from God will follow. Just that public thing of. Um, of saying, I am his. It's a wonderful thing. So that's, that's, that's a something. Something else that we can read in as we look at this start of Jesus' ministry is that we see that there's a time of testing. A time of testing. Luke 4. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. He was hungry after 40 days of not eating. Um, yeah. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. He's quoting his Bible. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to them, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
And the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Have you ever in your, you know, in life, in your journey, had just hoped that all of the hard and difficult things would be taken out of your life? Have you ever kind of thought like that? Okay, I'm going to show you a video of what that looks like when all the hard things are taken out of your life, okay? Okay, let's go. Let's hook her over to the driving range and hit a few virtual balls in space. Yeah, we did that yesterday. I don't want to do that. Well, then what do you want to do? I don't know. Something. Wow. Make a place. Grieve. No, it doesn't sound Look, I'm tired of it. So we'll take the If you can't fold the straw, it's not really exciting any good. So there it is. That could be your life. That's, that's what you're hoping for. Comfortable chairs. Everyone brings everything to you. Never have to worry about it. The trouble is if you fall out of your chair. That's when you get in trouble is when you fall out of your chair. So. But if we want a life where we're sitting on a comfy chair the whole time and everyone brings everything to us, the outwork, outcome of that is that we become lazy and selfish and useless. <laughs> Like, really? That's the reality. And God wants the best for us. And it doesn't include being lazy and selfish and useless. And so he trains us and he, he provides opportunities for us to be stretched and tested and strengthened and to learn a few things. And like, we all know that you need to be trained to get good at things. That's why they have inductions at work. And that's why they, um, if you're playing for a sports team, you do training and you've got game plans and uh, if you, that's why you go to do more study after school. Like, you know, like not many people like school, but then you just go and do some more. It's because you know there's value in getting trained. And, and God wants us, as we've you know, been saying, is that God wants us to partner with him in what he's doing in the world. And so to, to make a difference, he wants to, us, he wants to train us. And the challenge for us is that he often doesn't let us know that he's training us. And uh, so it just feels like a tough time. And uh, we don't like tough times. But, so, and we can be tempted like, like Jesus was. He's tempted. He was tempted with riches. He was tempted with, 
with fame. He was tempted with power. He was, his, his faith was being you know, pushed. Um, but, you know, we can go through, we can go through hardships and, uh, and we can come out the other end with more gratitude for the good times. We can, we can go through loss and we can learn compassion and empathy. We go through failure and we can learn humility. But, and we can go through tough times and if we want them to stop, it's, it may be that God has given us an opportunity to grow. Now, it's important that you know that, that not every hard thing that comes along is, comes from God. That's, yeah, that's not... You know, we live in a fallen, broken world and there are, you know, the, the planet's groaning and there's natural disasters and there's accidents and there's tough stuff that, you know, happens, diseases and sicknesses and, and then there's people in the world and because God in his, in his goodness gives us free will, some people use that very poorly and they use it in a way that hurts other, other, us and other people. But in the midst of challenges, wherever they come from, there's an opportunity to grow. You know, we, we used this verse uh, a couple of weeks back in Romans 5.3, but, but not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. I'm telling you, character and hope, these are, these are gold when it comes to just doing life. It's gold. And they're worth pursuing, worth having, worth growing in. So in God's preparing us to do good things, there may well be a time of testing, training, times where it's hard, and it's an opportunity for us to grow. And let me say this too, is that if you find the same thing that coming up over and over again in your life, it's because God really wants you to learn something through that, and you're kind of not learning it. It's like you're running from the thing, and you're just like, no. It's like if someone says to me, so like, it's just a, it's just a, I must be the unluckiest employee in the world because my last four bosses have been just, just exactly the same. I'm like, well, okay. Well, what's the common denominator here? Um, so anyway, I just, that wasn't in my notes. That was just, um, I just threw that out there. So. All right. So again, if we're going to be a, a world changer, guess what? We've got to start. We've got to actually start. You know, it's so easy for us to talk about how we're going to change the world and write about it and think about it. And, and, but we've actually got to start. We've got to make a start. If you've got to do that. So um, when, with Jesus, and we don't have a record of what he was like through his, through his 20s, and, but for, for Jesus, it really was. He, he, he got started. And... Uh, in Luke 4, again, 14 to 22, we, we read that he returned to his home in, in Nazareth. It's about like 150 k's north of Jerusalem. And he went to the synagogue. So Nazareth was the place he grew up. He went to the synagogue and uh, read from the book of Isaiah. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were focused on him. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. And he got started. He got started. And, uh, and that's what we're going to get the benefit of as we go through the book of Luke. We're going we're gonna to look at his ministry and it's going to be inspiring and challenging. And, you know, it's going to be great. But he got started. And 
here's a question for you. It's like, what does what starting look like for you? Like, for many of you, you go like, yeah, that was years ago, which is great. And, um, but some of you, it's like, what does starting look like for me? Like, for me, I, I said yes when I was asked to lead a Bible study for a bunch of uh, seven-year-olds, and it was at, uh, I was at Henderson Baptist Church. Thank you. And, uh, and this lady had, uh, it was just wonderful what she'd done. She'd kind of organised a bunch of kids in her neighbourhood to come to a local community centre on a, on a uh, Sunday morning and, um, and to teach them the Bible. But she was so good at what she was doing that she ended up picking up just heaps and heaps of these kids around the neighbourhood. And, and so she came down, and this was, it wasn't a church, it was just a community center, it was during while church was on, and she said, she, I don't know how we connected up, but she said, would you, would you be willing to come and help teach some seven-year-olds some stuff about the Bible? So when I was 16 years old, I'm like, I just said yes. So I've actually got a photo. I'm the, I'm the tall one. And that jacket, my mum washed it, it shrunk, but it's sort of up my arms a little bit. But, um, <laughs> but um, I just said yes. And then, um, and then I remember, I think the next year, and like, someone asked me, check this out, someone asked me if I'd like to be on the worship team because I played the trumpet, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, which I said yes, which I think they might have regretted. <laughs> um, just said yes. And then, you know, the, the next year, and... I got a, someone asked me if I'd want to help out with um, working with some uh, at-risk youth out in, in West Auckland, and um, you know, and some of these guys were, you know, pretty rough around the edges, and um, and again, I, I, I said said yes, and uh, I meant to put a photo. Don't, don't you, well, you can put the next one up, eh, but it's not very interesting. But um, I grabbed a photo. I meant to put it up uh, as well of, of one of these young guys um, getting baptised and. And um, I just, just got started, you know, didn't really know much, but I just said, like, yep, yep, I'll be, I can say yes. So getting started is a, is a lot about just saying yes. Okay, so you get started. Okay, here's something else that we can learn from Jesus as we step into, like, doing our part to, to change the world. It's, uh, there may be some kind of rejection, some kind of, some kind of opposition and if we do anything that makes a difference, we, we get opposition. Can you imagine like going into politics and then being surprised that, that there's opposition? I mean, there's a whole political parties that are call themselves. Yeah, we're the opposition. We're the, we're the guys that whenever you say anything, we're going to say that's rubbish. Even if we think it's a good idea, we're going to say it's rubbish. Isn't that what politicians do? So, um, they're the opposition. People disagree with you. You know, there are people, they'll, they'll call your names and they'll tell you you're wasting your time. They'll tell you that you're on the wrong track. That you should quit. And that's the reality. Is just, if you put your head up, you get shot at. It's just, and like, you know, tall poppies. It's like, poppies are nice. It's like, what if, what if people shoot at poppies? So, you know, you can be doing something and one minute you're the hero and the next minute you can feel like a zero because people are just telling you 
stuff. Look what happened to Jesus. Listen to this. This is Jesus at the synagogue still. We're just rolling on from where we were before. All spoke well of him. So we're doing, he's doing pretty well so far. He's feeling good. Everyone's speaking well of him. And we're amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. And then Jesus said, just, good, we're glad we're going well so far, but I just want to say this other thing to you that you need to hear. He says, surely you're going to quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. And you will tell me, do here in your home down what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly, I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land, yet Elijah was not sent to any of them but to a widow in Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet and yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. Hang on. These were the guys that were just amazed at how awesome Jesus was. And he just said a few home truths and um, they felt a little like, oh, he's talking about me. He's, oh, this, I don't, I don't think I do like you anymore. And um, they were, he said, I've gone to being amazed to furious in like, how long did it take me to read that out? Like 20 seconds. They got up and drove him out of town and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. So if we want to make a difference, we may get shot at. And it doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing. It kind of just comes with the territory a little bit. And so we've got to learn to you know, develop a little bit of resilience and, uh, and surround ourselves with, with good people that believe in us and encourage us and cheer us on. And so it's, you know, you're doing well. Give you perspective. And, and all right. And it's interesting then we, we see what Jesus does on the back of that. So he's, he's started, he launched into his ministry. They loved him. Then he got them all furious. And, uh, and then we see Luke 4, 42. We see him go and get some re- re- refreshment. And then like almost a reconfirmation of the call. Because we see that he, he says, at daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. Solitary means he's on his own. And we read every, all the times when he's on his own, he's praying, he's seeking God, he's, he's spending time with um, just getting that sense of refreshment. And uh, so he gets up and he, he prays. And he hears again from God just what he's meant to be doing because you can see... When people find him again, he has this, you know, this fresh assurance of what he's doing. The people were looking for him, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving him. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because this is why I was sent. Just that sense of like he goes, and he's, he's on his own, he's connecting with God, and he's just getting that, yes, you know, refreshment, reconfirmation. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. And then we're this, and then we get story after story after story, and we're going to look at a lot of these uh, these stories of Jesus just in in this place of fruitfulness, in this place of fruitfulness. And the outcome is is fruitfulness when you when when we step in and we start saying yes, and we 
we step into to serving and, and doing what God has for us, we make a difference. I mean, for Jesus, it was, we see it was casting out demons and it was healing the sick. It was preaching the good news. And it's going to look different for each of us. It's going to look different for each of us. But as it says, like, Jesus says this to his disciples, and this is in John, um, the book of John, in John 15. He says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he goes on in verse 8. says, this is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. Just this calling to like, hey, join in. Join in and, and, uh, with what God's doing in this world, and, and we will make a difference. We will become world changers. We will be fruitful. It's going to look different for each of us. But, you know, for some it may be primarily in the family. For some it may be primarily in the workplace. For some it might be primarily in, the, uh, in, in church or, or primarily out in the, in the community. And, um, like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to possibly embarrass some people here. But um, I was just thinking about people that uh, are making a difference. And, like, I could have put, like, a hundred 200 people up here because so many of you are stepping forward to make a difference. But these were just the first three that, that came to mind. These are looking around. I said, oh, I could have put that person, I could have put that person. But um, Susie Young is training at the moment to be a lifeline counsellor. And, um, um, and she's loving it. And she's you know, making space to actually talk to people. And people call that when they're in, getting to the end of the rope, hey? Um, and um, she's training. She's making a, making a difference. You've got Caitlin Watson here who campaigned and got elected to the Bays and Hibiscus Coast Local Board with Auckland Council. And um, she's making a difference. And you've got Blair, um, Blair Humphrey there, and like, he's leading this, um, this icons group on a Wednesday night for eight to ten year old boys. And, and he's helped us out over at Wired um, with the year seven to tens once a month and you know they ran a home group for a while and he's just there's probably a bunch of other things as well but it's just people making a difference like i could have had any of you so many of you guys could have had your, your photo up there making a difference it's just just making a difference changing the world changing the world i was going to finish with this and that um i think there's some of some of you here this morning that it's like you like God's spoken some things to you in your journey that, and he's planted some things in your heart but you just haven't seen them come to any kind of fulfillment or, um, and I just really felt like this morning to throw this out there and if it's God it will land in your heart but it's like now is the time now is the time and you need to take that away and, and pray, and, and, and if that's you, you'll know it's you. 